0: Welcome to The Creative Aperture, the podcast focused on what it means to be a creative. Today on the show, I've got cinematographer and friend of mine, Jesse Schrader. I met Jesse back in 2019 when I flew out to Chicago to shoot a short film I wrote, and he was actually the DP on that film. Jesse is based in Chicago and is doing some awesome work out there. All the links of the things we talk about will be in the show notes. without further delay, let's get into that chat.
1: So, like, I think it really all started back when I was, like, six years old. Uh, I was, you know, you're um, obsessed with movies as a kid, and... um, there just happened to be this um, this thing called, like, the Lego Studios thing that, like, they came out with back in the day. Uh, it was, it was yeah. like, um, And I remember getting that for Christmas one year, and that was where I... It, I just... I don't know. I, I became obsessed with making movies then, um, just out of the pure, like, bliss of, like, you know, oh, I'm going to make, like, Indiana Jones or Jurassic right. Park or whatever, right. but, like, in Lego, you know? Yeah. Um, so, like, I think I was... That's kind of if I could think back to like as early as possible, like where yeah. it all started. That's probably yeah. when it was. Okay. Um, and I made like a bunch of, obs- like terribly shitty, um, you know, Lego movies. Right. Uh, as a kid, but it was like you know it was it was still exercising the art of like you know you're crafting characters and you're building a story and right. Um, and doing all of that, and I re- I remember making like, um, and I thought like, wouldn't it be weird if we if I made like. A city, but it was it was like a coral reef. But it was like, interesting. But there was like people and minifigures around in there, and it was like, right. I was like, I felt, I I don't know. It was like I had some weird ideas, right, right,
0: like very experimenting and just yeah, yeah. I guess you could say I was I was into like
1: psychedelic um, stuff before before (laughs) it was cool or something. So right. But anyways, I cut. I kind of dropped off a little bit because then I Mm -hmm. then I kind of picked up music. Okay. I started doing that. Like I learned piano. I learned guitar. Joined a band and everything in high school, and I was making little videos here and there, but like not taking it like too serious. Like, oh, I want to pursue film. Like, I want to do that, you know. Right. Um, but still, like enjoying movies and enjoying film as an art form, um, as like a junior hire and a high school high schooler. Um, but it didn't really cross my mind until much later that that was something that I wanted to do professionally. Yeah. So then we fast forward to college, where I go to try to study music, um, get a degree in it. And I quickly realized, like, oh wow, if I'm gonna do like if I wanted to do music professionally, like I don't, I don't enjoy the back end of music at all. I don't like right. music theory. I don't right. like practicing. I don't like arranging things yep. or any of that kind of stuff. I kind of enjoyed the engineering part, so right. I did like a little bit, little bit of AV, a little bit of live sound stuff. Right. I didn't, I didn't do any like recording arts and everything. That's way over my head, but yeah. Um, but like I quickly, tr- like, I was like, I gotta, I gotta find something else to do because I can't yeah. do this. Um, and right about that time I was, um, you know, you're in, like, I grew up in a pretty small town in Wisconsin, moved to Chicago and it's a pretty huge city. So you need to kind of, it was just culture shock is essentially what right. I was experiencing that freshman year. This is 2017. So okay. uh, do the math and figure out how old I am. Right. Um, <laughs> but I I needed kind of like, Almost as like taking photos with my phone, or just like, you know, documenting my my experience was an excuse to kind of just see the city and right. find find interesting stuff. Like, um, you know, walking around with friends to like a coffee shop, or going to find like take the L downtown, or just you know get lost on the on the, um, the CTA, figuring out kind of like getting getting a lay of the land essentially because a yeah. lot of a lot of kids that I went to school with weren't from Chicago. They were from like the Burbs or they were from the west coast or something. So, yeah. we needed uh something to kind of break away from kind of our bubble, which is school and everything. Excuse me. And um and so that piqued my interest though. Like I I was it was so curious that just taking the um, images with my mobile like like literally my iPhone was Um, like kind of opening up my eyes to like a larger world. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to explore this. Um, And maybe one of the things that also kind of uh, piqued my interest was how, how much when you manipulated like the, the tone and the color of the image that it can evoke a different emotion. Right. And I was like, that's interesting. Like if I throw it in black and white, I look at different things differently. Or if I throw like, you know, if I throw like a, if I try to manipulate the colors that it looks like film, it's like, Oh, now it looks like I took this like a long time ago. Like that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that I would say, I mean, it's not like, um, the, the aesthetic part of it was my initial, like, that's what got me into it. But now, yeah. but then like, then I draw the, drew the connection. Like, Oh, you can make cool images that haven't, that haven't like a, a look and kind of a feel and aesthetic to it. And then I was like, but then the whole stories thing that I was like obsessed right. with the kid, it kind of just like came together. And then music, yeah. that's a huge part of film too. And like, right, right. Um, it kind of clicked. But the only time that like it clicked though, and I can I, I remember this back to like one particular day. Hmm. And um, it was when I was actually, uh, believe it or not, I was working at a, a camp in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Okay. Um, wanted, I wanted to be their photographer because I was set on, I'm going to be a photographer. I like, right. I like I like that I was found interested in that and they're like, sorry the positions filled actually for a photographer, but we do have the video position open So I was like, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> I'll do video if you want fine. I'll yeah. do that, you know um, and then But I took took a look into it and it was really fun. I tried yeah. like You know tried like one of the videos I tried to make it like action movie I tried like a Wes Anderson style with like the other videos um, I think these are all online if you if you know where to look you could probably find them oh, wow. um, on like the, the camps of Vimeo or something, but yep. um, But it was that that first week where I made like a highlight video for um, the campers and it's like It's a it's literally just a recap video for like a campers experience right. like at like church camp Like right. how exciting could that be? But I I poured like every ounce of whatever I could think was um, could make this cinematic. right? Um, but then at the end of the week they show it on like this gigantic screen. Oh okay. Um, like it's huge. It's like you know it's like a projector and it's like cut like and it's like a big gymnasium so it's really loud in there. Yeah. Um, and I watched my, a video that I made being played up there and the kids reaction to that. Yeah. And I'd never felt anything like that in my entire life. Like something that I created connected with people. Yeah, like it to, like it marked it. It marked like some kind of like moment in the, like their history or something. Even if it was just like a week at camp, which could have changed their lives, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it was it like from that moment I was kind of like, okay, I think I think I, I think I want to do this. I think this is something really, really worth diving into. Yeah. So if so, if I could pinpoint to a day, and sure, sure. I can't actually remember what date that was, but I could probably f- figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of when it started, really, when I was, because um, I was kind of like people say you have to kind of have to pick one you right to pick either either photography or or video yeah And I was so torn for like a full year it was mm. after like uh, I think it was that sophomore year sophomore yeah. year of college I was kind of like oh, I don't know what I don't know what I am I don't know what to give my all uh, and after yeah. that summer I was like without a question
0: yeah so, for sure so then how did you how did you pivot from you were studying music were you already had you already switched away from music by that time or were you still doing music. And then now you kind of realize you had to kind of shift.
1: I, um, to keep my scholarship, I had to at least minor in it. So I, I okay. was still doing like music classes in there. Right. But by the end of freshman year, I, I switched my major to like communications because okay the university I went to didn't, um, didn't have a film program. It's like, okay. it's a liberal arts school. So gotcha, gotcha. there was no like cinematography courses. It's not, it's not a film school. So yeah, um, yep. I'm not a film school kid. Right. Um, so I pivoted f- that way, um, like like pretty early on in college. But the only way I was able to, way I was able to afford it is if I at least minored in music. Right, right, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah that, that's so I have a degree about- in music, but I'm having it's Yeah. It's like that's funny. Has it come into use yet, so maybe so. Right,
0: someday. right. That's, that's funny to to hear about your, your stop motion experience at the very, very beginning because I just remember that I used to do stop motion a whole lot and I never kind oh, of really? made that connection of Maybe that's maybe partially what influenced me to want to do filmmaking and cinematography. When I guess, did you yeah get like I. Stop would, motion? I don't remember what the exact tool we were using was um, oh no, now, now I remember it was a very cheap Canon like you know point and shoot silver little little camera that I had that you All know right. the minimum minimum focus was like five a foot away, but like it, I still used it. It didn't even have like stop motion capabilities. I would literally just take a bunch of photos and then try to like cycle through them as fast as I could to make a movie. Oh man,
1: you were doing like the actually DOI st- stuff. Yeah, sure. yeah,
0: it was it was pretty crazy. And then eventually, um, you know, there were some apps that we used or um it was like an old laptop I had that I could like put the images into it, and try to do it that way. But yeah, like that that brought back memories cuz I was like, "Oh, I completely forgot that I had done that and like had done these little things. And I had these little There's this one short film I remember that I did short film, I don't even know if it qualifies, but it was like, it was this, like, Lego bank. it tells a story, you can call it that. Yeah, it was a Lego bank, and, like, there was Catwoman and Batman, and Catwoman was trying to rob it, and then Batman does his thing, and I tried to do these little, you know, little fight in there and all this stuff, and that is is weird, because, like, I guess maybe that does, did influence me in some way to, you know, try to pursue filmmaking, even though between then and now, I I started pursuing, like, um, software development, and I still do a little bit of it for, for work, but, like, yeah, you know, I, I thought I was like, okay, I'm going to be a web developer. And then like, no, I'm going to be a, an iOS developer. And then, okay, photography is kind of interesting. Oh, photography is really cool. But I want to tell stories. Oh, cinematography. And then I kind of started pursuing it that way. But like, mm-hmm. a, that, yeah. that is interesting. So then once you decided to kind of go, you know, full force in cinematography or filmmaking, um, how did you really start kind of learning, you know, the craft of cinematography and going beyond, you know, the typical, like just videographer on YouTube type thing?
1: Yeah, I think it uh, it all started from uh, well, first before I started learning any techniques, mm-hmm. um, I knew that I had to uh, d- refine my taste first. So I had right. to I had to at first figure out what was good, yeah. and then work towards get getting that and yeah. like making it look like that. Yeah. So I yeah. spent that um, actually that summer uh, at camp. I was just researching like crazy. So I was making these videos, but I was also researching a lot. Yeah. Um, and um, the big kind of pivots, which were initially were like the bit the biggest inspirations were the stuff that Musicbed was coming out with at the time. So this is like the the very first stuff that music like right when they started. Yeah. Um, I love their mini their Christian Schultz mini docs stuff yeah. there. Um, so I was like, that's cool. I like that. Right. Um, I was uh, right about that time. Um, people were starting to figure out who Ryan Booth was. So I was watching him kind of uh, drawing inspiration from that guy. And then that is like, it was like music bed content. So essentially it was Christian, Ryan, and then Jared out in elevation. Okay. Essentially all of their stuff that they were coming out with like several years ago um, caught my eye. And I was like, whatever you guys are doing, like I want to, I want to I want to get involved in in that. Like whatever right. mood that you're creating, um their like attention to tone and story was just so it it just felt like it just felt right. It felt yeah. like something I wanted to go for. So right. right once I kind of developed that and then I was kind of watching like this stuff that like even like Hillsong Church was putting out with like right. Solomon's work. I was like this is yeah. mind-blowing. It's so good. Right. Um so I was like how do I get that? So at that point once you once I figure it out like okay, that's, that's the goal, that's the, and obviously like, we never really make it, we, we get closer to what we're, right. what we're trying, to, trying to do and whatnot, but I was yeah. like, that's, that's what I'm gonna try to aim towards, is making stuff that at least feels like this. And, um, and so um, I did kind of what everyone else would do, I just kind of took to a bunch of YouTube stuff and a bunch of blogs. Uh, thankfully, Christian had his own blog at the time and he would break down some of these music bed commercials that he was doing, and I learned a ton. Uh, that was my first time I ever learned what negative fill was. Was on Christian Schultz's blog. Um, he, um, uh, I realized how much you, how much you could shape an image by taking light away rather than adding, adding a bunch of stuff in. Um, and it was so funny because once I finally got around to, like, actually taking video cl- courses in college. Um, I asked the professor like, Hey, so if I put up some like, like a black, black sheet, will that take light away? And he didn't understand what I was talking about. So my own professor didn't even, didn't even understand this concept. <laughs> um, it was just bizarre, but it was like, you know, uh, they were focused more towards like three point lighting for like broadcast and stuff, which is not, not what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Christian Schultz blog was huge. Um, and, um, I think right about that time when I was kind of like, okay, negative feels cool. Blah, 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 you know, RGB, all this different, all this different stuff, like film riot was huge too. Um, I right. remember watching that even, even in high school, I was just like, this is cool. Yeah. And then when I decided, Oh, I want to actually do this professionally, it's like, there's some really good stuff. <laughs> Those guys are doing right, some right. really, putting out some really good info. So I think I just watched everything. I watched all their stuff, all of it. Um, And, um, you know, um, and then it was also a lot of, uh, getting on, getting like on set with people. Um, my buddy, um, my buddy, Tim Anderson in Chicago was like one of the, um, the closest thing I could pinpoint as like a mentor figure, uh, for studying cinematography because he was essentially kind of leading the video team at my church at the time, soul city. Um, and once I made it clear to him that I wanted to pursue video. He did whatever he could to like get me on any project that we were working on. Uh, and so I just soaked everything up, you know, like asked him a bunch of questions. I tried not to be annoying and tried to be as helpful as possible because you don't want to be that PA that's just like asking questions, but not any, adding any value to the production. So I knew like the only reason I could justify my soaking up all of these questions is if I was like helping and making, making the thing happen. So, um, and so yeah I did a lot of that and um, and then once uh, and then uh, Patrick's podcast has been what was huge to it at that time um, finally figured out what contrast ratios were f- figured out what um, you know uh, what a light meter was and it's like what false color was it's like that was all huge like those those milestones of figuring out like oh this is what you do to get that to get that blah blah blah. Letting everything everything else is for there has just been like a spider web. Um, so I can't really say like people say like you know, oh are you self-taught And I'm like, I can't fully say that I'm actually self-taught. Like I did teach myself some things, but really it was just I did the online school game where I just
0: yeah I feel like a lot of a lot of like self-taught these days is more just you know researching, trying to find the resources, trying to supplement what you know and what you know maybe school's teaching you as opposed yep. to, like, what you actually need to know, because for my school, um, I am in, like, a film program at the University of Arizona, but, mm-hmm. oh boy, I'm, it's gonna be okay, but it's, it's definitely not directed at anyone besides directors. Like, the whole purpose of their BFA, which is, like, the um, uh, Bachelor's of Fine Arts, which is the more hands-on stuff, it's all about directing something. It's, like, only directing. Only yeah, writing they have one cinematography class, and I bet Probably the most they cover is going to be three-point lighting, and I mean that's fine. But like personally, I'm just not not expecting to learn a whole lot about cinematography through the school. At, at, at least they teach you how to backlight. That's, like, that's, <laughs> yep. that's the same grace. Yeah, I mean like so, it's going to be interesting. I've I've had the pleasure of being able to actually already shoot one of the senior thesis films um, and DP that's that, good, good. and so that was that was really fun. People were asking if I was like a senior and like I had somehow just not been a part of anything. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a freshman. I just showed up here. Um, but, you know, having the experience and already having, you know, been shooting my own stuff and practicing and learning from, you know, similar resources like Patrick and stuff has been, was really helpful yeah. in, in getting me to the point where I felt like I could, you know, lead a team, um, the camera and lighting and all that. And so that was, that was really fun. But yeah, it is interesting to where like a lot of things these days is just trying to figure out what the best resources and how to learn on your own because traditional school probably won't teach you everything you need to know.
1: It definitely won't. No, um, uh, they're like schools always like ten years behind because they yeah. have to, um, you know, they have to essentially have to. Uh, the industry is changing so much that yep. they're just now they're just now catching up. Like schools right. have like they're just now getting, Aries and red cameras.
0: We have yeah. I think what is it C three hundred, Mark ones or something? No C one hundreds. We have a bunch of C C1, one old C one hundreds and rokinon lenses that are very old and just disgusting so um you know it's uh pretty sad at least they have like focus (laughs) gears and they're all like the same true true yeah whatever yeah but like we ended up shooting we did we did a reshoot for the for the film that i got to shoot um we initially had the c300 mark ii i think it was uh for principal photography but then apparently it was it was a loner and it wasn't actually something that we had permanently for the school oh, really? and so we ended up not having the same camera when we had to do reshoots and so we ended end up just using my pocket 4k and um i'm not the one grading it so i'm, I'm happy about that but um still it's just like i did well, have to well now i'm a little worried about having a... to match them matching it but yeah
1: yeah i did have to, i did have to do that once where i had to match c300 and pocket 4k it was a nightmare
0: yeah yeah not fun but uh yeah we'll see how it turns out because they they had one of the seniors grade it Be- because of covid and everything that was right when you know, post-production was happening. I was actually going to be coloring and then they decided to consolidate it to where it was just like two seniors doing it or something like that. But yeah, um, COVID really threw a wrench into everything because, you know, there was going to be, you know, like a little short film festival for the seniors and like everyone, would, you know, be able to show up and watch and a little award ceremony and all this stuff. And that got pushed back until oh, August that's a bummer. online Jeez. YouTube premieres. And so that's just sad. Um, uh, but yeah, that's not COVID, a film festival. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad, but, um, how has how has um Covid and everything kind of threw a wrench into your both like just smaller productions as well as like general like kind of career planning slash path and all that I feel like I had a taste of both worlds because I did have a bunch of jobs
1: cancel on me mm-hmm. uh, and get postponed, but then I also had a bunch of jobs come out because of hmm. because of the the lockdown so um and it was uh, it was so frustrating because I felt like I was just about to move up a tier that I was yeah. just about to move right. into. Um, working more as only a cinematographer not having to one man band, yep. like half my jobs. Right. Um, and, and then pew, everything locked down, all the yep. jobs got moved. Right. Um, thankfully I'm still in contact with all of these people, but man, like yeah. it was just about to happen. So right. still a little, I'm like, I'm over it now, but like I was pretty upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, being. for sure. Yeah. Um, it gave me a ton of time to get caught up on everything that I was like behind on, a bunch of mm-hmm. passion projects that I had just kind of swept under the rug, and right. work that was like encroaching on deadline that I was like freaking out about. So like, right. I got all that done. I got all caught up. Nice. Um, but and so, like, like yeah, all those jobs got got lost. But then, um, thankfully, uh, you met Aaron. He yeah. And he was in our, in our in our short film. Yeah. Um, him and I are actually. Um we got this job with a um with a strength training gym that was wanting okay. to do all um they essentially wanted to make videos of all of their workouts and create this entire new platform. So that's a big um, series of
0: videos and a bunch of jobs.
1: It was huge. Um yeah. we ended up um shooting for I think it was we had we had we had a tech scout. No, we had a location scout, a tech scout, a prep day six days of production and a teardown day wow it was nuts we made 35 videos for them and then we did another round after that dang um so that was bonkers that we were able to pull this off like during during the lockdown and everything um and we did we did our like our absolute best to like um we used like we both the cameras were like on wireless transmission that were sent back to the bathroom. So we were right. limiting the amount of people on set and everything, yeah. and everyone wore masks like 24 seven. Yeah. Um, we like ate lunch on like opposite ends of the room. It was like, <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was, it was, it was nuts. Um But, uh but yeah, like that, that was, that was huge. Um, right. Definitely saved my ass in terms of like having income. Right. Um, and then, yeah. Um, I also, um, had a couple, like, so I kind of work in the wedding industry in, Ch- in Chicago. Right. Like I'll lead I'll, I don't, I don't like have my own clients, but I'll like lead for other companies. Essentially, like I'm a DP for wedding companies, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, thankfully a lot of those, those weddings ended up just getting like downsized into admitting weddings and I still right. charged my rate for them. Right. Yeah. Um, a couple of them I did for like a bit of a discount, but, yeah. um, yeah the nature of things. Yeah, um yeah. but but thankfully like I was still able to do that, which was like that's that's cool. A lot of them did get moved to to 2021 though. Right, right. Yeah. So um that's that's kind of how that's been. And then Joseph and I, um, I mm-hmm. my roommate at the time during the lockdown, um we had this brilliant idea, it was really more his idea that I kind of expanded upon. He was like, Well if we're not getting any work, maybe we should make a video proving to companies that we can make work in our apartment.
0: Right. So
1: that's what we did. We like literally made this like two minute long video of us essentially just like talking to the camera saying like, you know, I'm blah, 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 I'm a cinematographer, I'm a photographer and we're locked in our apartment but we can still make cool stuff. Here's an example of the stuff that we can do. And like, but then like he he said it in like his poetic voice that he can do. <laughs> yeah. um, and then that's what we did. we made essentially like four spec ads that were like wow. four shots a piece. Yeah. And then he did his own like photography setups and everything and we did it, wow, and it was great. um I didn't get a single job from that, but <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I I think it worked ended up working for him because he is like so busy right now. I think he's like in LA right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we
0: I just finished recording a, an episode with him on Saturday, I think it was, and um, yeah, he nice. was in he was in LA and and we were able to get it working. But like, yeah, he's he seems busy. Yeah, he's he's killing it right now. So that was a fun fun little project that we did. If if anything,
1: it was just a passion project to like just right. Do make something
0: fun yeah yeah, for sure yeah it's been it's been weird you know with covid and everything because you know i've also been trying to shoot a bunch of spec ads so that i can you know add to my reel and then try to like get more get seen in in tucson obviously tucson's not the biggest uh film hub in the world but you know there are there are things going on and like you know i wanted to shoot some stuff but you know with everything locked down it's really hard because it's like well you know sets are very very constrained and so they're not really trying to add lots of people to them they're trying to keep it you know just you know the the necessary people to be on set at any given time and so exactly it, it's, yeah. been, it's been very like you know demotivating because it's like well you know if i, I do this thing then it's like am i gonna hear from anyone is, is it gonna do anything um and so like, you know Have i've you been, been using able this to time. get on set at all uh not not a whole lot not since not since the 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 two short films. I was I was a set photographer for one, then DP for the other. But um, not not since then. Be just because everything's just been so locked down. Um, but yeah. I'm I'm trying to use this time to work on building my website, um, trying to put together some sort of reel. But now I'm realizing I think I need to shoot some spec ads to add to the reel so that I have something. Yep. Because right now everything, you know, I love the clients I work with right now, but it's a lot of like tech videos and stuff, and that gets boring real quick. And so I'm working on I think two spec ads. Right now, of like just kind of trying to brainstorm some ideas that I can do during lockdown, um, and you know, there's a lake nearby that I think like if I go right near like blue hour and something, I could shoot something kind of fun there, and just yeah. try, just try to bulk up the the non-existent uh, reel right now, but. Um, it is weird the tricky part
1: is you essentially have to be your own producer right yeah you have to do everything which I that's my least favorite part of filmmaking it's gonna happen if you don't make it happen
0: yeah that's my least favorite part of filmmaking because it's like trying to figure out if the locations allow for for, you know for cameras or anything or you know trying to coordinate with people's schedules like it's really really tough all logistics
1: go through you if you're you're the one trying to make it happen it's like now you're now you're the one that has to deal with all of it so it's yeah definitely the worst part of uh spec ads
0: right? and plus it's difficult too with you know trying to live in a in a town that doesn't or a city that doesn't really have that much of a film presence um and so you know trying to figure that out i think there's a little bit of that like um uh you know people trying to shoot western style stuff because you know it's tucson arizona so it's kind of a little bit more yeah. of that um but you know it's just like trying to find people is hard too because it's just like there's not like a lot of people so like the people who are here aren't very like they either just aren't vocal online or you know just hard to find and so that's been a bit weird plus it's hard too being full-time college and like being like well you know if i if i really started to expand and all of a sudden i had all this work coming in and it's like well yeah i'm not available monday tuesday wednesday thursday but i'm available friday and saturday and sunday and like that's that's just kind of hard and so yeah it's like i don't
1: know if you're encountering this right now but yeah I remember when I was a college student and maybe this was just my experience level, but I felt like no one took me seriously. Yeah. Just because I was a college student. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, no, like I'm serious. Like I kind of think I know what I'm doing and whatnot. Yeah. And,
0: um, but yeah, that is difficult too. Yeah. And then, and then also I'm in the process of joining the Marine Corps. And then part of that is, um, there's two summer, uh, boot camps that that I'm going to be going to n- probably next summer and then the summer after if I get selected. And then sure. after college, there's a six month school and then like a little bit more school as far as like your actual job in the Marine Corps. Um, right, yeah. I'm not doing combat photo or video cause that's only for enlisted. So that kind of sucks. Um, if I wanted to be in charge of that, I could, but I wouldn't touch a camera. So I'm like, what's the point? Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. not quite sure what MOS I'm going to go for. But again, that's six months I'm gone and therefore it's almost like, I don't know if it is exactly, but it feels like it's going to be like starting over from scratch, trying to build all the clients again, trying to build that kind of um, presence online and stuff. And so that's going to be interesting, and how to navigate that will be will be weird. But um, you know, I mean, I'm looking yeah. forward to the point when I can finally get out of all of that and have like a very open schedule because I'm I'm joining yeah, as yeah. a reservist, so I can keep on pursuing cinematography. Maybe and all you should
1: that. maybe you should make some sort of film like while you're in boot camp, like just like a like a like a film about a, their perspective of going through right. boot camp, like. I won't be I've allowed to, seen but like that. yeah,
0: because oh, they yeah me. everything's locked down. You don't get your phone during boot camp, but you do during TBS. Um, but I don't think you're allowed to bring like a ton of stuff. Like it's probably like limited to just phones. So I mean, I could shoot an iPhone film, and you know there are beautiful films that have been shot on iPhone, but still, you know it's not like what I want to yeah. do. <laughs> so. I mean, think
1: about that like that they don't even allow phones.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because like, there are some YouTube YouTuber like f- Marines who are y- also doing YouTube, putting out these like. You know, I've shot an iPhone, little, like, here's what it's like in boot camp or whatever. But, you know, there's not a lot of, like, actually, like, filmmakers coming out of that. But, you know, this could be the time it changes, but (laughs) we'll see. Let's see. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk about gear. Um, We just had a bunch of cameras kind of announced. What, What are your thoughts on the new Canon cameras as well as the new Blackmagic camera?
1: Oh, man. Um I haven't been paying that much attention to Canon. Okay. Uh yeah. just because uh I'm not really right. a yeah. photographer anymore, really. I mean I I, I am, I do photography sometimes, right. but um I um I think they're it's definitely Canon like pushing the boundary for sure and like yeah. trying something uh, actually listening to their customers. Right and wanting to come out with come with something there now. Um uh one second. Now, full frame uh like 8K raw is a big deal. For sure. Um I don't imagine that anyone's going to really shoot 8K for any per- like right. real work. Yeah. Um because like honestly, most people are shooting in either 2K or like 3.2K nowadays. Right. Yeah. So, I'm assuming most people are probably just going to do um the 422 4K on it. So Yeah. <laughs> excuse me, but I I wondered like, okay, how in the heck are you going to jam that much power into a camera that size? Yeah. Like physics, it's just—it's going to overheat. And yeah. sure enough, it does. Right Over, after 20 minutes, it overheats. Yeah. So um, I think it's a damn good camera, and I think right. anyone who anyone who is like a hybrid should definitely at least consider it. Right. So I'm—I feel more positive about that, about that than I do the Blackmagic camera. Hmm. My God, dude! I was not happy about that <laughs> <laughs> um I was I was either wanting I was like so I knew it was happening and right. um, there was like a bit of discourse happening in the um, with the uh, with the beans company the guys like our yeah. our little team and then like Patrick's discord group right um, and everyone was saying like it'd be really interesting if Blackmagic came out with like a Zcam competitor, for right. like the, the Pocket, yeah. or they came out with a Venice competitor, like a full-frame 6K camera. right? And they didn't do either one of those. They kept it Super 35 and right. proceeded to jam so many pixels into a sensor that nobody asked for. Absolutely nobody asked for this. Now, granted, it can do windowed um, or it can, you can do, uh, sorry, not windowed, lower resolution RAW, which is bonkers no other camera can do that because you always crop in on the sensor and do go from the native pixel rendition like when you shoot in a low resolution but you can shoot full like 4k like full frame um which
0: is which is crazy
1: but then at the same time it's like well then we'll just get an ursa mini
0: pro then yeah yeah (laughs) it is it's a really weird camera because it's just like felt like it came out of left field, and it didn't didn't feel like a camera we really needed, it. and it felt like there was more demand for, you know, a Z-cam-type competitor, something, you know, finally bigger. Not where, it's just not
1: where the industry's going. The industry's yeah. moving towards larger sensors.
0: Right, right. Which is why the
1: R5 may, might make more sense than, right. than the so many, because it, it's a larger sensor, which is what right. everyone wants these days. I'm a little more like, you know, I don't want everything to be blobby in the background. Like, yeah. Uh, like, at least maybe some depth, but yeah. Um, I don't, I definitely don't think full frame is the all the answer, but like, right, but right. it is the end. That's a right trend. Now. It's, the, it's, the, it's the trend, it's moving in that direction. If you want to get work, you better get a larger sensor, right? Right. If you're trying to get higher end work, so right. and Black Magic still offers nothing in the full frame sphere,
0: yeah. Yeah, it, it is, it is it's, a weird omission. I'm, just, from I'm just
1: perplexed as to why they think this is a good idea, yeah. No, they, it, it, it might surprise me, like, you know, maybe. Maybe we're, you know, maybe 12K is what we, you know, is what we, uh,
0: what's the, what's the Batman line? Like we, it's not, the something we deserve like not or not what, 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 what we need or what we don't deserve. not what we need. Yeah. What we don't deserve. it.' makes no sense. What we, do we don't need. need it and we don't yeah. deserve it either. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit overkill, um, but that it's kind bit of, bit of an anomaly. Me. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of reminds me though, of, um, another company that has a weird sensor size emission, that's Fuji and a little while ago they released the X-T4. I know you're an XT3 shooter. What do you think of the X-T4? Do you, do you do you find that appealing at all? Do you wish they had full frame? What are your thoughts there?
1: I think Fuji's in an interesting position to where they only do APS-C or medium format. Right. Um and I think it's I think I think they position themselves really well yeah. um, where you've got the kind of like the small and nimble or like the, the large format, you know. Um, that that's that sphere yeah um personally i got to be completely honest with you um i've been more and more I've been disappointed with my fuji camera um, really i think''m I'm, 'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up moving to just the r the R camera
0: really and, really
1: because i are i use uh, e f glass with my pocket anyway right, and so i 'm like why 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 would I not just go to go to that so I almost like i sold my mark four about a year ago mm-hmm. for the x t three and yeah. I do regret that decision. Really, I wish I, I would have kept it around. Yeah. Really. I, so you, I mean, you don't I, you don't really
0: care about the like the color science, the different profiles, the shooting experience. That kind of thing. You prefer more the the you know standard it, the image lenses. Is, the
1: image is soft, and its noise performance is god awful. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Not impressed with it.
0: Interesting. Interesting. That's just,
1: I mean, granted, you are getting um, you're able to do 4K 60, and you right. can do 10 bit internal. But H265 right. is such a Weiger it's terrible. Codec. It's terrible. Not a fan of it. Yeah. I don't know. I just like, I, I've like sometimes the X-T3 like really comes out with a good image. But yes. as soon as it enters a challenging light scenario, it just like
0: falls apart. Wash. Yeah. So what, um, st- falls apart. So, so you, so you still use your X-T3 for video as well. I do. I mean, like, yeah. Personally, yeah. I just do photo. And so that's why I, like personally, I'm, I've been happy with it and I don't feel tempted by the X-T4. Cause the X-T4 is basically X-T3 with like a flippy, can- flippy screen. I mean, it's just not that yeah, big I was, of like, a jump. You know whatever. Yeah. Not, not
1: not n- definitely wasn't um, based on my experience with the XT3. I wasn't at all um, like I gotta have the XT4. Right I, right, I think at that point I was already like I'm just gonna move to the R system. Yeah. Okay. I debated going Leica. I debated about just going like going like Type just Two burning that cash I <laughs> just like you right would be fun.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, I um.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I've I've enjoyed about, my X T three. Yeah, I've enjoyed my X T three. Like it's been it's been a good camera. I'm I keep getting tempted by the X one hundred V lifestyle just because it's so much smaller. I have an X one hundred, like the original one that I got for like two hundred bucks off eBay. And yeah, um I
1: still have the X one hundred T that I okay. carry around with me all everywhere.
0: Yeah. Because it's just it's just like really fun to be able to have a camera that's has a bigger sensor than a phone and um you know has has that kind of like very retro kind of aesthetic and has a fun shooting experience and, and it's just small um, if it's yeah, in your pocket right well, so your pocket, but if it's in your back almost yeah i mean it, it fits in your pocket a little better than the pocket 4k does so you know there's that true but yeah. so maybe, uh,
1: maybe that should be called the pocket camera
0: true but um yeah i mean it, it's been good the xt3 has been 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 fun um i wish they would come out with something full frame personally but you know like i haven't you know periodically i'll shoot shoot on my girlfriend's camera which is a 60 mark 2 and then you know that full frame you know, like you can tell a difference very easily and so i'm just i wish i wish they had wish they had a full frame but like i don't feel like my xt3 is lacking per se in any in any way that would make me want to like change it right away yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i so, think if
1: i i think if i liked their noise performance better yeah um and just like for them can like consistently delivering uh clean like clean shadows. Yeah. Um. I would probably move to the X Pro Three. Um, hmm. Just because that's kind of more of a rangefinder. Style. Right. 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 And I love that little um,
0: like mini display on the back of it. Like that's just. Yeah. Like it's a stupid gimmick, but like, <laughs> it's like really cool. It's
1: not though, because here's the thing. Yeah. so many people right now are shooting with either electronic EVF or live view. Right. And they don't know how to read a meter anymore. Right. Right. They just go. They just. They just judge if the image looks good or not. Right. Which is um like they don't read a spot meter like you know they read around like okay is that good exposure um and i think that uh it's detrimental to your own exposure skills like right, right. cuz then you um like that's the only way that you can shoot film is you understand how a meter works right um so i think that having that 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 option like with the x100 i never have the evf on at all i only shoot with the the optical. Yeah. Um so that I can train my brain to constantly be trying to like right. use a meter. That's why DSLRs are still great, because that you have to read a meter with it unless you shoot live view. Another reason maybe why I should have kept the Mark IV around. Um but I think like the I like how the X Pro three, like when you close the back, it's like the L C D screen isn't there, so you can't chimp when you when you shoot. So you have to train yourself to like see the world in that way and ex- judge exposure um in a, a much more i think in a more reliable way because you can just you know yeah, i know where middle gray is or i know where black is boom one right. step under bam got it right you know it's way quicker and you could be way more reactive that way so you get right. more you're actually a better shooter right for sure you know sure. Use a meter so so i don't know yeah. i think it's I, I don't think it's a gimmick i think it's the now yeah. the, the m10 what is it the m10d or whatever where it like you, it has no screen at all where it's like literally an m10 that uh is just it's it's a digital camera but right. it, it looks like a film camera and you interesting see i haven't it it i haven't heard of that card one card in it's it's interesting that i don't know man i i kind of love it love right. the idea of it that it's a digital camera but you you have, you have to use it like a film camera. And right, so right. much so, you're going to laugh at this. They added like a, uh, an advanced lever <laughs> that you have to, it does absolutely nothing, Wow! but it, it's still the same process that you would do. Like you take a photo and you just advance it, but you're advancing absolutely nothing on the inside.
0: Right, right, right. But you have to, to take the next photo. It's, that's it's, that's it's cool. Insane. And that's by Leica, right? That's, no, that's Fuji? Right. That's Leica. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's cool.
1: Have you um, been reading up on the Komodo?
0: A Watch. little bit. It's it's been kind of funny to see on YouTube all these like low light tests and like B roll tests, and they are garbage. They are garbage on YouTube. Like whoever's getting now, these they are first. They are
1: really really pushing it though.
0: Yeah yeah, but like the whoever whoever's getting these first like cameras, at least the one the, the few that I've seen on, on YouTube, it's just been like not impressive. Like you know it, it doesn't look any better than like a pocket four K. But like because because you don't, I, I feel like they don't give enough context to like what these low light tests are or maybe it's just been the few that I've seen, but it's just been like, I I personally have not been like tempted at all by it.
1: Yeah. I also think low light tests are very overrated, extremely overrated. Like I'd rather see, I'd rather see a skin tone test. I'd rather see highlight roll off tests. I'd rather see like shadow detail um, tests, you know? Yeah. It definitely has, that's that's an interesting one. I'm definitely keeping my eye on the Komodo because it essentially fixes every issue I have with my pocket.
0: Hmm. What's that? But what like what is the issues? Uh,
1: the issues that I have right now is it's only HDMI out, right? No internal NDs. Right. Um, the it's still in a DSLR form factor, and it's a pretty bad rolling shutter. Yep. Yeah. Komodo fixes all of that. But if it if the color's worse, there's no point in that. There's no point in switching. Right. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is interesting to to see red kind of going into this. Not budget, but like definitely budget in comparison. Um, you know, camera and trying to trying to you know aim for the 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 lower end and the yeah. the beginning cinematographer type thing. It's a it's an Ursa Mini Pro competitor, right? Essentially, is what yeah. it is.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. So I'm keeping my eye on that to see if that ends up being like a viable option. Yeah,
0: yeah, it, it is interesting, and it's and it's weird too, like to to see the the big cinematographers not own cameras, but like when you're starting out, you have to, and so it's like. You know, at what point do you eventually, like, break through? Because, you know... But it
1: also depends on which which industry you're in. True. Like, which region true. you're in. Yeah. Um, like, for example, Patrick lo- owns all of his own gear. Right, right. But, um But someone like Paul Theodore off in L.A., he doesn't own anything. Right. I think he owns, like, a light meter and, uh, like, a monitor. That's yeah. It.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of interesting to kind of... Uh, well, like, one... Like, because, like... Personally, I would prefer not to own the gear, just because I feel like that just adds a lot more complexity to just general operations and stuff. Because you know you have to yeah. be your own like um, rental house and stuff like that. But uh, right, it, yeah. it is because like for me, since that's kind of the goal, it's like you know I, I can keep upgrading my cameras, but eventually it's like, is it pointless and do I just kind of hold on to it until you know the the you know gigs that start booking become more? We're just renting the camera. And you don't need to bring right. your camera.
1: I think it's if you're gonna own stuff like. Um, the, way, the way that I am like trying to think about it is, um, what do you wanna own that you can use to to separate yourself that you bring onto every single right. job? Like maybe you have a set of filters that is like, the, that's a, those are your filters. Right. And you don't let anyone else know like what that is yeah. because like that's your look yeah. or something. Or maybe you have like, what I'm gonna maybe try and do is um, slow down my camera upgrades, but really start investing into a really solid set of glass. Right that I like PL lenses yeah. that I bring onto every single job. It's like, Hey, if we can't get the master primes, at least we have these right. that I, that I shoot in. Like this is, this is kind of like what I, how I see like the glass that I see. Right. I think I'm, I'm trying to get, go for the standard speeds. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Zeiss, Zeiss lenses.
0: So what, um, so, so but, what kind of, uh, projects do you have coming up? Like anything big that you're, you're working on or excited about, or is it kind of like slow with quarantine? It's pretty slow
1: right now. um, Right now I'm in the process of, I think I'm going to go through uh, yeah. the course again, the pre-production course again, uh, cause I did, I went once yeah. through, did a bunch of notes, skimmed parts of it. Um, but I think, you know, they say you, uh, you go twice through something you retain, right. you pick up more than you left before. So I think I'm going to spend um, probably next week going, yeah. going through that. Um, in terms of work, um, I am actually flying out to Montana uh, later yep. this week uh to go sh- uh sh- again again DP for another wedding company out there. Okay. Um which is no, it's nice. It's weird. It's I'm not actually being a DP out there. I'm just being a videographer, but like it's, another it's money and like, you know, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. It's Montana. Right. I'm going to try to see right. Yellowstone while I'm out there. It's going to be awesome. So, um in terms of like commercial yeah, yeah, yeah. jobs, a That's lot cool. of what I'm doing right now is kind of what you're doing is prepping the, um, spec ads and like kind of, um, chiseling my treatment writing, uh, skills because, um, at my tier level, um, before I move on to the next thing, I can't just wait around for good directors to find me. I kind of have to be that director and, and the DP. Now I can still try to expand it and try to make it a larger, larger thing, bring maybe someone to help, like, produce an ad it and bring on gaffer and whatever like all, all all these pieces but if i have the vision in my head and i want to make something that's better than the work that i have sure. i can't just wait around for a director with a right. good idea to come find me um you just have you just have to yeah. make those things now and go whole hog and give it like spend all your ideas because you spend all of them now like that's if i was going to give advice to someone it's like don't hold on to good ideas thinking that you're gonna get to use them when you have a better right. budget. Like, just do it all now. Yeah, you'll come up with a, yeah, something yeah. better. For list. sure, <laughs> trust me. And so, I'm trying to think like, okay, what if I always wanted to make? Let's just make that this summer. And let's just yeah, let's just do it. You know. So, um, I'm talking with. Um, I'm I'm trying to make some like sports spec ads, um, and uh, with with the beans new company, we're trying to uh, essentially right. build our portfolio, which is going to be. It's going to be a special, beneficial for everybody because anyone right. could put it on their reel now. Um, just going to make for cool images. We could probably make multiple videos right. out of some of the shoots that we do. Um, but a lot of it's kind of been prepping for that. There isn't a ton of work on the right. horizon just yet. Um, so, um, so I can't say that I'm that busy, but I'm prepping for when I'm going to be busy again.
0: Well, um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. What, uh, Where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jesse Visual, which is J
1: E S S E Visual. Uh, and then you can also find me on Vimeo, same same name, just Jesse Visual. Uh, and then my website, just jessyshrader.com.
0: Fantastic. And definitely check out the links in the description But as much as I can because we talked about a lot of things, but um, those will be in the description.